We have no idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth, also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. You've even seen him. Philip said, Master, show us the Father, then we'll be content. You've been with me all this time, Philip, and you still don't understand? To see me is to see the Father. So how can you ask, where is the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you aren't mere words. I just don't make them up on my own. The Father who resides in me crafts each word into a divine act. Believe me, I am in my Father and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do, but even greater things, because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request, along with the lines of who I am and what I'm doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father, and he will provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world cannot take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him, doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you are about to become alive. At that moment, you will know absolutely that I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. Let's pray. Father, we do love you. We thank you for your awesome truth. And we thank you for the fact, uh, Father God, that we are in you. That is a truth, Father God, that I pray sinks deep into each of our hearts and minds. And what's more, Father God, you are in us. That amazing truth, Father God, is transforming. We thank you for that. I pray this morning for an awesome um, opportunity that we have to open up your word. I pray for Pastor Steve as he brings forth uh, uh, the, the words that you have put on his heart. And I pray that you open our ears, open our hearts to receive what you have for each and every one of us. We love you. We just thank you for your awesome love for us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, David. Hey, good morning. Good to see you all today as it's getting cloudy. Uh, South Dakota, right? Just wait a day and uh, you get to experience the seasons. And it was funny for me growing up, I only thought there was three seasons and because uh, I thought that it was just football season, then basketball season, then baseball season. And uh, I never really understood that there was different seasons than that. And, and I know some of you kind of roll through that and have your boating season now and camping season and goes into winter. And of course, you got the hunting season, uh, sacred around here, right? And, and uh, the, you know, the whether it's the skiing season or whatever your winter season is. But the thing for me is you can always kind of tell it's spring because it's baseball season and baseball started. The thing about it, about these seasons, is they kind of come and they go and they come and they go and they come and they go and there's this routine to it that we get kind of used to. But what's amazing is that God is in all the seasons. And it's just often that we don't recognize him because we get so caught up in whatever the season is about for us. And, and so what's amazing to me is that our God is here. 
And the culture we live in, we live in is constantly trying to, to push him to the outside, but he's like the ultimate one. He's the almighty one. He's the great I am, and he's here. And so even now, I just want us to kind of pause and just consider that your creator, that the self-existent God who doesn't need anything, is here right now with us. So, Father, we come and we just acknowledge that you are God, that you are almighty, that you are all-powerful, that you are the great I am, that you are the Lord of lords. And so we humbly come before you and we come to worship you as we have through music and we worship through your word and we worship through our lives. And so I pray right now, Father, that you would just, uh, that you would just speak to each person by the power of your spirit as only you can. And I pray, God, that you would just get me out of the way, uh, give me the strength just to stay on the sidelines and that you would just speak and we'll just give you the glory for whatever uh, you do in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> uh, you know, we've been, um, we've been looking at this whole sense of uh, culture and engaging the culture and how God has called us to engage our culture. And uh, it's, it's kind of a fun adventure to see where we're going with this. Um, and really, the desire is just for us to lift up Christ wherever we go. And we've seen in Joseph's life, you know, more than 4,000 years ago, how God moved in his life and how God had a dream for him and how he, we've kind of realized how he has a dream for every one of you. And you have a choice, of course, to follow him and his plan or to keep your eyes on your own plan and follow what you think is best. But just know that God's purposes, as he calls you, are going to affect those around you, that his plan is in motion, that you're sent out by your father, that he's named you, and he's gifted you. And, and, and so we're going to bring these things from like 4,000 years ago into our world today because our God doesn't change. And just like he worked through Joseph's life to impact that culture, he's working through every single one of your lives to impact your culture. So our, our opportunity is just to see where he's working. And then uh, we have the, the privilege of joining him in his work. And uh, so really today as you, as you listen to this, uh, just open your heart to God and, and see where he's leading you and maybe where he's leading this this body together uh, we have a vision here and our, our vision as a church is to live out christ in us to live out christ in us and that really hasn't hasn't changed and it's kind of a it's an interesting vision really but it's really been our desire to live out christ in us and i think really the idea is captured here in john chapter 14 um, where jesus in verse 7 as dave read said if you have known me you would have known my father and from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. Show us the Father. And often that's us, uh, as we'll talk about here in a minute. But Jesus said, well, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak on my own initiative, not on my own initiative, but on the Father abiding in me does these works. You see, believe in me that I am in the Father, and the Father's in me, otherwise believe on the account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, who he who believes in me and the works that I do, he shall see greater works than these, and he shall do them, because I go to the Father. You see, Jesus came along and he lived 
dependent on his father. He lived as we're intended to live. And so to see Christ was to see God the Father. And that's kind of easy for us. We can put Jesus back there a distance a couple thousand years ago and, and say, oh yeah, of course, he was God. And when people saw him, they saw God. But Jesus came to restore to us what was lost in Adam when he sinned, and that was that ability for God to live within men and women. And really this idea of Christ living through us is really the purpose of your life, to just express his life. There's this spiritual aspect of life that so often we miss. Uh, sanctification really being set apart really just kind of boils down to this idea of, of putting something to its correct use. Kind of fulfilling the purpose for what it was originally designed. See, our correct use as men and women, as, as people, it is to allow God to live in us and through us. That's how he's intended us to live. And I'm not trying to spiritualize life and make everything be spiritual, but instead just to show you that real life is spiritual. God is spirit. You must worship him in spirit and truth. And that's really what Jesus is saying in verse 20. He says, in that day, guess what? That's our day, right? In our day... Today, 2016, you'll know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And if you can get that picture in your head, it's amazing how you can walk through almost anything on this earth. Realizing that everything that comes into your life comes from God, through God, through Jesus Christ to you, and then Christ is in you. How secure are we? What do we have to fear? Absolutely nothing. We can boldly go forth following that spirit and charge out into adventures that are just really unknown. And so it's amazing how that spirit comes. And when the spirit came on Christ, of course, he came as a dove. And that picture, and, and we kind of think of like a, a bird of peace, or, or maybe some of you think of a dove as a target. Um, <laughs> just saying. And, uh, but, you know, to the Hebrew mind, when they heard that and they saw that, the dove to them was thought of as this bird that was offered in sacrifice, right? That's how the poor offered their sacrifices at the temple, was through a dove. And Jesus was, was being set aside as a sacrifice. He was surrendering himself to his, his purpose of the cross. And he had lived these 30 years as a carpenter, being faithful to what God had done, being faithful to surrendering to his father. And his father said, this is my beloved son, I'm well pleased. Okay, this was before he started this ministry, as we would see it. But he had lived his life as a ministry of allowing God to live through him. And, and he moved toward the cross. He lived dependent on his Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when the Spirit then later came on the disciples after Christ had died, Christ had raised from the dead, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit came, of course, he came like on these tongues of fire. And it was this picture of cleansing their sin away. It was this picture of kind of consuming their old sinful nature, their own sinful lives. And he made them new. And the Holy Spirit is with you, believers. The Holy Spirit is with you, the same Holy Spirit, the same God. And we can surrender his life, our life, to him. You can surrender your life to him just as Jesus did. Just as the disciples did. Just as millions of believers have. You can choose to sacrifice your life to Jesus Christ. And yet see where we trip so often is we get caught up and we're just kind of like Philip, right? Show us the Father. God, show us the Father. You know, we're like, God, I want to see something external, okay? I want to see you, God, and, and realize that God is always here, but we look for him to kind of manifest himself externally, right? We want to see a burning bush. We want to see someone raised from the dead. We want to see someone walk on water, right? We want to see someone who's blind be able to see. We want to see some incredible healing. We want to see God move the mountain out there. 
just because he can. And so we're always looking, like Philip, for God to somehow externally show himself to us. And, and we trip over that because what's amazing now is that Christ lives in you, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and God manifests himself in his children. He manifests himself in his children. He makes himself known to you, okay? But what's amazing is oftentimes we can't even see that because our focus is not on ourselves, but it's on God when he's moving through us. So our thoughts are not about what God is, is doing through us, but instead our thoughts are on Christ. So, I, and I just want to try and give you a picture of this, but like Marsha and I, through particularly uh, for the last years and years, but really over this last year in particular as we've dealt with this cancer deal, uh, we've gotten to see Christ live through you, his church, in amazing ways. And we've gotten to see it through these words of encouragement. And I know Nick's experienced it. I know Evan's experiencing it now. And I know any of you who are going through these trials that are involved in the church and engaged in the church get to experience Christ in unique, incredible ways. Through these words of encouragement you don't even know you need through these gifts that you didn't even know you wanted, that it was a desire of your heart and God puts it on someone's heart and it's amazing. Through his love, through his service, through his mercy, through his teaching us, through his administering things in our lives that we need help with, through your leadership. So thank you for allowing Christ to live through you and you don't even realize that that's what's happening. But God is manifesting himself in you and guess what? Those of us outside get to see that, even though you don't even recognize that it's Christ moving. It's an amazing, amazing thing to think of how God moves. He's allowed us to be a part of something incredible. And so Rimrock Church, you're living out Christ in you. Thank you. And you ask, well, how? And I'll tell you how. Uniquely, okay? Uniquely. Every single one of you is just uniquely being how God made you. And God is working through you and he's moving. And through that, this, this mission of his church, which is to create disciples, is being accomplished. Uh, for us, we describe that as experiencing God, coming to this sense of experiencing God and then being able to embrace his grace, not just his grace to, to come to know him, but this grace that, that allows us to live each day and then being able just to engage wherever God leads us. And so as a church, that's what, what I see, what it's thrilling to see. You reach out and you care about those who are voiceless and need a voice and you care about creating disciples and you care about community and worship and and you know you see some churches focus on one or the other and they're really good at certain things and we're just blessed because we just have this balanced church and God has blessed us and it's totally for his glory and obviously we can improve in almost all areas um, but we have this healthy vibrant church and and you are engaged in the community uh, you care about justice, and you care about the hurting, and you desire people to be able to worship this God, and you teach, and you're growing, and you have this internet impact on thousands through rimrockchurch.com, and you take care of those who are going through a crisis, and you do reach out, and you do give, and you do serve, and we are blessed. We are so blessed. I think so often we, we blast past that. But we have unity and we have peace and we, we do our best to teach the truth of the word of God and we have this community and we get to share that God is this, this relevant God to everyone. And we get this incredible grace message to share. And so as we move toward the future and as we're going to look at that today, we kind of move from a really strong present 
and living out Christ in us is what happens here at this discipleship center that we call Rimrock, which is a church family. That being said, we have obstacles to overcome as we go forward, and I just kind of want to point some of those out. And uh, I think it's healthy for us to look at some of the obstacles. They're really idols, if you will. They're these good things that have become most important things to us or ultimate things to us or however you want to say it. Really these things that have kind of captured our hearts rather than the Holy Spirit. And uh, and we can have those as individuals. We can also have those as a body. And so we surrender to to those things rather than Christ living through us. And these things kind of capture us and they derail our attention from Christ. You know, when Eve came and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and she gave to her husband Adam and he ate as well and and they sinned and they turned away from God and and um, they chose that rather than the tree of life that's something that we all get the the privilege of of experiencing and I think we can easily see well we don't want to eat from the tree of evil okay and so we easily can say we want to avoid evil we don't want anything to do with evil we want to overcome evil we strive to overcome evil we do our best not to be evil we are offended by evil but so often the things that derail us of believers are when we eat from the tree of the knowledge of good okay instead of the tree of life and so we can do these good things for my glory for my sake I can give because it makes me feel good I can give because I get glory for that I can serve because people see me serving. And it's a good thing, okay? It's from the tree of the knowledge of good, not from the tree of life. And so I I think the obstacles that we face so often in a church, in a healthy church in particular, are these obstacles where we trip over the good things, the religious things, the things that that really uh, strike us in a way that we don't really associate with evil necessarily. And Eric Geiger pointed out some things that churches trip over idols. Uh, you know, I read this in a sermon a long time ago, and it just kind of stuck with me. And, and so I just want to point out a few things. Uh, one, in the book of Numbers, if you want to go back to Numbers, chapter 21. So it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Or you can just punch it in your phone, Numbers 21, and uh, you don't even have to turn a page. But I like turning pages. And so if you go back to uh, 21... Numbers chapter 21 and the, and the people were leaving the, the, the slavery in Egypt, right? And Moses had led them through the Red Sea. They'd seen God do incredible things, right? And he brought this great deliverance and in chapter 21 verse 5 it says, The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no food. There's no water. We loathe this miserable food. You know, just whiners. And uh, just whiners, kind of like we are often. That's why it's easy for me to relate to. God, my life is so hard. Why have you brought me through this, right? And that's what they're saying. And here God just brought them through the Red Sea, just delivered them from slavery. And now, oh God, my life is so hard. Everything's against me. And so the Lord sent these fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and the many people of Israel died. That was kind of a harsh response, right? <laughs> They died. <clears throat> and so the people came to Moses now and said, well, we've sinned. Uh, often God gets our attention that way. Uh, we have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Please intercede for the Lord that he may remove these serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a standard, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. And so Moses makes this bronze serpent. He sets it on a standard, and it came about that if a serpent bit any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. Okay, you get the picture? 
God brings this great deliverance, right? The people are all whining, so God sends the, the consequences of their whining. These fiery serpents, if they uh, were bit by the snakes, they die. So he has Moses build this bronze serpent. And they look up and they lift. And Jesus even said it's this picture of, it was a picture of Christ. And Christ even referred back to it in John chapter 3, verse 14, 15. He talked about Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness just like the Son of Man will be lifted up. And whoever believes in him may have eternal life. You know, when you're struggling with sin, which leads to death, if you look to Christ, there's eternal life. There's life. There's life. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's this picture. But, so it's like this really cool thing that God did, right? Really cool thing. And, and just stick with me because it really applies to a lot of things that we go through in our lives. Because if you move ahead about 700 years <clears throat> in time, to a time when Hezekiah <coughs> is king over Judah, and if you go up to 2 Kings uh, in the scripture, 2 Kings chapter 18, you see this little different picture in 2 Kings chapter 18. And, and now Hezekiah is the king, and Hezekiah was a good king. He was passionate about God. And the people were worshiping all these false idols. They had went back and they were worshiping all kinds of things. And in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 3, Hezekiah did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places. <clears throat> he broke down the sacred pillars. He cut down the Ashereth. Okay, that was a, kind of a wooden symbol of a female deity that they worshiped. So they had all these things he worshiped that he tore down. <clears throat> now catch this. He also broke into pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Wow. For until those days, the sons of Israel burned incense to it, and it was called Nehushtan. Sounds like a cool name, Nehushtan. You know what it means? A piece of bronze. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so they're worshiping a piece of bronze, Nehushtan. And, and uh, he trusted in the Lord, Hezekiah in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him. He clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him. He kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. So you get this picture. The snake that was this picture of Christ, that if they say their forefathers, generations before, had looked to it and they were saved, and all of a sudden they come and they're worshiping this bronze thing. And they think this bronze thing has all kinds of power, and they're worshiping this bronze snake and all these other idols instead of God. And God was pleased that the snake was destroyed. You see, we can do that. We can even worship the cross instead of the Lord of the cross. And we just have to be careful as a church, as a family, as a healthy church that has seen great things, not to worship the good things, but to keep our hearts focused on the great one, on the Lord. And you see, we can worship the place. We can worship the building. God has given us a beautiful place here. Just had someone... Last week here for the first time, looking out the window, saying, this is so cool, it's so beautiful here. And, and I thought, yeah, it's what keeps people entertained when they're listening to us. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's beautiful here. But, you know, all the modern way is everything's dark, right? And that's, that's way cool. That's fine. And we thought, well, we should darken this place up. And everybody's like, no way, this is beautiful. This is what God has given us, right? And, and so we can worship this place. We can worship this building. Because God has made himself known here over the last three decades and a lot of lives have been changed. It's amazing what God has done through his spirit and his power it just so happened to be at this place. But there's nothing significant about the place. Just like as we worshiped at Stevens High School at Easter, it was a beautiful gathering. It was awesome to see God move. 
just like the exchange, another building, another place where God is moving through this church in incredible ways. And, and so we can worship the place. We can worship the past, the good old days. We can always look back and say, we've always done it this way. You know, God did incredible things as long as we do it this way. And we don't want to change anything we've done in the past. We can worship that. And there's a danger of that in a church that gets to be our age, a church that's healthy and a church that has seen God do incredible things. We can worship the programs. You know, we have great programs for the kids and for the youth. And we have great programs for adults, just connecting from hiking to motorcycling to it's knitting to all kinds of things to in Bible studies all over the place it's incredible and we can worship those programs and say we never can change those programs because God has changed life through those programs don't touch my program right and uh, and you might laugh about that but guess what that's what comes out whenever you want to change anything oh thanks Chris <laughs> thank you uh, and so we, we fight for these programs right but but all of a sudden we realize that it's not the programs, but it's the God who changes lives. And we need to follow Christ, not the form. Follow the Spirit. And, and here's the deal, you guys. This is our time. Okay? This is our season. As brief as it is, as long as it is, it's right now. And, and I believe, just like in Joseph's life, God has a dream for every one of you, and he has a dream for us as a body. And he's moving. And we can look forward to the future with this incredible blessing of this position of strength. We can trust in what God has done and what he's doing here. And, but I really believe the best days for Rimrock and this church are yet to come. The best days are yet to come. That's what's exciting. We're sent by our Father, and, and he's building this church. And so we've been looking at vision, and 2020 vision was uh, something really that really Brian came up with, the idea is to be able to see clearly as best we can, but also to have a sense of, you know, what's going on over the next four or five years, 2020. And so we've looked at that over the last, I don't know, it's been more than a year. And there's been about 50 people just over the last couple months, none of which are staff people, just kind of dreaming about ideas that God has put on their hearts. And so I just want to kind of reiterate that and, and talk about those things for a few minutes and give you an idea of where we're going and then just uh, let you... Uh, pray about how God would use you. It's uh, on this blue sheet in your bulletins. Kind of gives you the sense of the front tells you kind of our vision and our mission. Experience God, embrace grace, engage the, to create disciples. And then on the back of that talks about our desire to live out Christ in us as a church, right? With Christ as the head, we just want to kind of share this grace message. Uh, we want to live out Christ with us, with the children and the youth, and to teach the word of God and to equip the parents to lead their children to know and follow Christ. We want to live out Christ in us uh, by displaying Christ's love and mercy to our, our family as well as to the world. Uh, we desire opportunities to kind of live out this compassion of Christ in our world. We, uh, we are really want to live out Christ in us with our commitment, but what's fascinating is when you raise your commitment to Christ, what it really means is just humbly surrendering to him. And it's a surrender process. And then we want to live out Christ in us in our community, the Black Hills community where we are and beyond. And uh, it's amazing to, uh, to see what God does. So from there, we go forth and we have this, this incredible blessing that God has laid on us. And so where is he leading us over the next few years? And, and some ideas that I just kind of want to lay out with you, I'm just going to point out four or five that, that, that so many of you have been just dreaming about and praying about. And, and so it's fun. And one is, is a desire to increase our focus on prayer, on prayer. 
And it's really been a desire of our hearts for a long time, but we're going to focus specifically on it and even in the next three weeks. Next week, Bill's going to kick us off on talking about prayer and <clears throat> what it means to pray in Jesus' name and what it doesn't mean. And, uh, and then in uh, three weeks, on May 15th, we're going to have a Sunday that's just a, a prayer Sunday. And not exactly sure how that works, but we want every one of you to be able to have your prayer request prayed for. And so that's our desire. But there's a team that's just passionate about prayer. And, and so they're praying uh, how they can pray for you <laughs> and how you can provide requests that can be anonymous where someone just prays for you. We're working on how do we get a prayer room here right off of this place. We've tried different ideas, and now I think we're closer to some cool ideas to be able to just have a place where we can go pray right after this and someone not to counsel you but to pray for you. Um, and there's a heart for that. There's a desire to have teams praying during the services. There's a desire to have weekly prayer times that's just available where we can gather and pray. You know, see, the prayer is the work. There's power in prayer. And so we really want to uh, increase our focus on prayer. The other thing we want to do, another thing, is to really increase our, <clears throat> our focus and continue this whole discovery process of discipleship. And uh, this discovery process of, of really figuring out uh, you know, how, how do people experience God and get this grace message and how do they engage? And so we have kind of a Discover Rimrock starting point base camps for people as a, the start place. And then we have this Discover Discipleship, which is a level one kind of class that helps you figure out who God is and who you are and how that lives out in Christ in you. And uh, this fall, God willing, we want to start uh, a couple other uh, options. One is Discover Your Ministry and really look at spiritual gifts and help every one of you to know what your spiritual gift is and where God has equipped you to minister. And also at the same time to really look into the Word and how do, we, how do we learn the Word and how do we study the Word and how do we teach the Word. And so we have this desire to discover ministry. We also want to have another aspect of really discovering leadership and having the elders and the leaders of the body and the future leaders gather together and just consider the things of God. Maybe look at the attributes of God and who God is and just wrestle with those things together. And so, not only do we have a desire to really focus on prayer, but we want to really focus on discipleship. We also want to focus on small groups. And it's been a passion of ours for a long time. And I think we've captured it in, in the, the idea of and one, and one. So come to a Sunday or a Saturday or a weekend worship service and celebrate and worship together. And one other thing, where you're involved with other people in the group, where you break down the big group into a small group. And you can develop community. Uh, and really, my desire is that each person has an opportunity to join a small group. Even if you don't want to, then don't. But if, at least you have the opportunity. And uh, <clears throat> we're looking at all different kinds of things. We're looking at how we can change our Wednesdays to make them more uh, family-friendly. And we're just kind of blowing up the whole idea of Wednesdays and starting over. And don't touch my program. I know some of you say, you can't do, can't do that. But we're doing it, <laughs> and uh, we don't really have any sacred things here. So we go all the way from saying we're going to cancel Wednesday nights and the services to we're going to make them huge, you know, and make a big push for it. And we're all over the place with that. But basically, we're just saying, God, this is your church. What do you want to do? And we're just trying to really, uh, which we'll lay out over the next couple of weeks, uh, months, uh, ideas of how we can uh, really focus on that to help that become an, a, a, a viable part for people to join into a small group of all ages. Um, not only that, but we have a group that's focused on a capital fund. And uh, Steve's been leading that. We've never really done that. But it's kind of a source of discretionary funds that are really liquid, <clears throat> that are used for 
excuse me, special projects. Uh, the idea is kind of to take advantage of the opportunities that God prevent, presents as he brings them forth, just for us to kind of be nimble enough to take advantage of them. So it's an option for people to have as part of their will or part of their estate or maybe their legacy to give to the church um, that they've attended year after year uh, rather than just to their college, which I'm not dissing giving to college. Give to your college. It's great. But uh, just an opportunity for that. And the last thing really that has really uh, <clears throat> captured a lot of people is uh, another location and uh, another opportunity to share the grace message is a great way to grow is to provide other venues and adding a third location really distributing the church <clears throat> it's not like we're not trying to leave Rimrock we love it here <clears throat> but adding other venues like the exchange and I really believe that uh, the best way to grow and provide opportunities to share this grace message is through um, just other venues with other styles right and just to share the, the beauty of Rimrock Church, maybe on the west side of Rapid City. So I prayed for this for years before I was a pastor. So the desire is to... Uh, to <laughs> geez, you guys. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like uh, I must have a real need here that they're meeting. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> Sympathy. A lot of people are just thankful that I can't speak. <laughs> like, don't give him anything. <laughs> Maybe he'll just shut up and we can go home. <clears throat> I'm okay with that. But the desire really is to have like a campus. Um, thanks, Boomer and Chris. A desire is to have like a campus and a campus pastor and a, a different worship team and, and kind of a whole different vibe and a different venue and, and to share and develop that. We have a preaching team now. There's already six of us on our preaching team and we continue to add to that as God leads. And um, so I think it'll be fun to see what he does. And, you know, most of the the things they've looked at have been kind of long-term big idea projects and so uh, even in the short term if God raises up a place for us to lease on the west side of town we could take advantage of something like that as soon as as soon as it's available so that's kind of ideas to really focus on prayer to focus on this discipleship process to really encourage people to have an opportunity to be in small groups to look for opportunities for a capital fund and and really to, to pray about another location our third one uh, a west side location so all these things going on, what's really cool is that we have this really cool position of strength we're coming from, and God's done amazing things through you, his church. And I'm just uh, psyched to see what he does as we go forth. Uh, you know, as we land this thing, the last point that I really want to make is just put me in coach. And, and um, you know, the idea is just to engage uh, where you are. Um, and really, you know... Just as you think about baseball season starting, we're going to kind of close with a song about that. But, but I just want you to really think about this. Uh, we have this opportunity now, this season. This season, which uh, we could call a lifetime. And it seems like when you call it a lifetime, like it's a really long season. But in the scope of eternity, it's a blink. And we have this season. When we all get to heaven, you know what we won't do? We won't sin. Cool, huh? We won't sin. Sin will be done away with, and neither will anyone else. So guess what? We won't have to deal with sin. We won't have to deal with forgiving sin. We won't have to deal with those who have sinned against us. We won't have to deal with struggling with our sin. And yet, here we are right now. We have this privilege, since we're here for this season, to be able to acknowledge that there has been one who has dealt with sin, Jesus Christ. And we can point people to the answer for their sin and point people to the answer to my sin 
and we can realize that he has provided forgiveness. We have an opportunity right now to do that that won't be for long to help people deal with sin and to be free from that. You know what else we have an opportunity to do that we won't get to do in heaven is we won't get to engage with non-believers. We won't get to. Now we have that opportunity. We have an opportunity to love those who don't know the Lord. To realize they need the Lord, that they're desperate for the Lord, and to be the ones who can point them to Christ. And so as we go forward, we go forward with those things in mind. That there's a lot of people that are reeling from sin in their lives, and the pain of sin. And we have the answer, and it's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. We go forward realizing that there's a a lot of people who just don't know the Lord and they're trying to get life, this true life that they can only find through Christ and they're trying a zillion different ways. And some of it looks really good and some of it looks disgusting, but they're just hurting and they need the answer that we can have through Christ. And now's our chance to share his forgiveness and the grace of the Lord. God is moving and he's building his church and this really is our moment in the sun. This This is our opportunity to allow Christ to live through us and to see him do amazing things. You know, as we've dealt with cancer over this last year, I've been totally peaceful because I know God is good and, and uh, we have been reminded over and over of the beauty of the church. And I'm telling you, you could never convince me ever, ever, that being engaged in a church is not important. This is God's plan to reach the world and it's vitally important. And you see, there's many great things happening in the name of Christ. But his church has lived for over 2,000 years and will continue when every other organization has run its course. When every other government has run its course, the church will continue. And the best investments that can be made are, are made through Christ's church. And so here's your chance to jump in and to commit to a local church and to join and to be involved. And when those trials hit you in life, and I promise you they will, um, you'll never regret those moments spent making relationships within the body of Rimrock Church or a church. There's amazing people here, and, and you get to know them, and you'll be blessed. And honestly, if this isn't your church, I just challenge you to go find one that fits you. Jump in there. There's a lot of great churches. You see, you get one story, just one. That's it. And God has placed you right here, right now, right in your circumstances. And he's wired you perfectly to get to know him. And he wants to live in you and through you. And he knows how this is all going to play out. He knows it's going to be good. So why not just jump in? Why not just venture out and trust him? Why not just go all out and surrender to him? You see, I I know God has a dream for Rimrock, and I know his purpose will affect our culture, and his plan is in motion, and we're sent by the Father, and and he has called us by name, and he's gifted us to share his love, and he will live through us, and he will live in us, and we get the privilege of worshiping him. So as we've closed, I've asked Tom, these guys are talented musicians. They can take on anything. Um, To take on a song that that kind of captures this with the idea of baseball season. And, uh, and so I just challenge you to enjoy the game you're in because you're in it. And Father, I pray right now as we close 
that uh, you would speak to each person here by the power of your spirit. That you would even clearly now show them their place in this story. (laughs) This story that you're writing with them. And that you would just give each one the incredible peace that you are God. And uh, guide and direct their steps. And I just thank you for uh, the opportunity to share this season with even Tom and with our friends and with this church. You have just blessed us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.